This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The Run Home feature interview. Thanks to Mick Delivery. Well, as we've heard, the Crusaders nation has been rocked by news that Will Jordan will not play this season as he recovers from shoulder surgery. A big dent for the Red and Blacks who have lost several big names to retirement and overseas competitions for 2024. Yesterday, Ken Laban told the show he's put a line through the Crusaders even before the news of the Will Jordan injury. So to discuss their chances, we've got longtime Crusaders commentator and Cantabrian sports broadcaster Brian Ashby joining us on the show. Joe Brian, always a pleasure. Welcome in uh, for the first time in 2024. Great to have you back on the program. Were you rocked by the Will Jordan news? Oh, hugely disappointing because yeah, you know, he's just he's just such an entertainment machine. You know, not just at, at, at um, Super Rugby level, but at, but at World Rugby level, at Test Rugby level. You know, he's just just a wonderful player, and uh, it, you know, it is disappointing. Um, so so yeah, and and does it leave a hole it, it does but it is a hole I think that they you know they, they can cover off obviously there's, there's an issue around the half penny with, with that um, pectoral surgery and injury for him as well and, and they would have seen, seen him as early season cover anyway for, for Will Jordan um, but I, I guess you know the obvious answer for them is, is, is probably um, with the amount of cover that they've got in the midfield I think they can probably drop David Harvey back into the number 15 jersey which you know is, is um, you know, an area that he's he's well familiar with and, and, and well competent at. Yeah, David Harvelli was the person that we were thinking of as well. But then, could David Harvelli end up at 10? The problem with that guy is he's just so versatile, isn't he? Are you confident that they can cover 10 uh, with these youngsters until Fergus Burke gets back? Yeah, well, that, that that is a question mark in the initial part of the season, isn't it? And, look, I, you just have to place the confidence in those guys. Um, you know, the other option at fullback, I guess, is Shay Fihaki, but he's not a guy that I feel overly confident about when, you know, when I watch him. He has his moments, but um, he's, he's not as, as, as sure, I guess, going backwards as, as somebody like David Harvelli is. So that is a problem, but that's, yeah, you, it's a curse and a blessing, isn't it, when you're, you're that versatile? Um, you know, I guess from the Crusaders' point of view, it's fingers crossed that they don't need to um, uh, you know, consider Harvey in that that scenario, but it is a problem. I mean, these these young guys, uh, Rehana and, and, and Tamara, they're not experienced um, at all. But then, you know, if you wind the clock back, there was a time when when the Crusaders uh, in one year lost lost Carter, Slade, Taylor, and Blindale, and, and everyone's going, oh, that's the Crusaders stuff, you know. And and, and um, but there was a bloke, you know, playing pretty good NPC rugby called called Richie Moonga, you know, and and. <laughs> And it worked out pretty well. So, 
you know, Super Rugby, you know, it's interesting that Ken has sort of put a cross through them, and, and I, I, you know, I hear this every year from, from, from guys that I was working with. Oh, it's the Crusaders, you know, they were sort of judging the competition in February, March, when, you know, it's, it's, um, things happen much later. In fact, last year, the best team in the competition wasn't the Crusaders until um, the final game of the competition. And uh, so, you know, I, I wouldn't get too carried away about you know, where they're at at the moment. Now, Brian, when you when you look at the Crusaders, and obviously we're, I guess we're dwelling on the fact that yes, no, Will Jordan, and uh, they're going to have to find some tens this year to to replace the great Richie Moonga. Do you envision that uh, it might be a different style of Crusaders this year, as far as how they go about their work? Obviously, still an all black laden quality looking forward pack, experienced halves that are going to be able to get them around the park as far as their nines go, and and. If they go the route of an Armour in the midfield, then they're going to have someone that's mm. going to get them across the gain line. Do you, do you see a little bit less expansion, maybe early doors, while the Crusaders get their uh, defense get, title defence guard? I, I think certainly in the early part of the season, I look at the outside backs, and now there is experience there. Um, you look at a young guy like Springer, who, who showed some, some really encouraging signs last year, but I think they might be a little more direct. The one area of concern that I, I, I do have um, in the Crusaders squad is in the second row. And, you know, you lose Sam Whitelock, obviously. That's, that's, you know, yeah, I mean, he's, he's irreplaceable. He was, he was just so good, not just what he did on the park, but, but what he did off the park as well, his leadership. But, but not so much losing someone like him, more losing somebody like a Mitchell Dunshay to the Highlanders. And, and look, he, you know, he's been in the squad since about, 2017, a lot of injuries along the way, but a lot of experience gained. And at 27, it was sort of his time. You'd, you'd be relying on him and sort of Quinn Strange, along with Scott Barrett, to lead the way there. I think suddenly if, 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 if a Strange or a Barrett, there's an injury, you're looking at some, some, some guys that have still very much got the training wheels on in their early 20s. And, and you're asking a lot of them to, to step up. So that that would be the one area of concern overall in the squad that, you know, I, I would be a little bit nervous about, particularly if, if, if you've got an injury or two. How do, you, how do you think they'll go early doors? Obviously still no Cody Taylor uh, for, for six weeks, and we've already mm. talked about the others, and I guess there's going to be some young tens finding their feet as they go. Do you expect a, not always a traditionally slow start from the Crusaders, but you reckon they might just feel their way into it, of course, under... Rob Penny for the first time as well? Yeah, well, ordinarily I'd, I'd think they'd be a wee bit slow into it, but I guess this time their, their, their build-up's been a little bit different with that Northern Hemisphere trip and the, the yeah. two games in, in the UK. And so they probably come in a little bit more ripe than they, they ordinarily would be, I, I would think. So I think that sort of just changes. I, I, I'm not quite sure how that's going to play out. But the build-up is significantly different from, from how it's, you know, operated in past years. So what impact that has on the early season remains to be seen. But I just think they might be a little bit more um, uh, in tune with each other than perhaps they would ordinarily be in, in, in the opening round or two. And I guess there's been plenty of big names mentioned uh, across the show and, and in this interview alone. Who do you think that... Uh might come from the clouds a little bit and uh, all of a sudden be 
conversations for former coach uh, Razor's All Black team uh, at the end of this year. Obviously, McLeod, I guess, last year was the was the big comer. Um, is it's it a mighty? Is it a more? Is it to mighty well, as well? He came from nowhere. Who's who's going to be this year's Crusaders? Because we know there'll be one or two. Well, there's there's a player that I rate quite highly, and it's almost a really good pub quiz question. This one, who was in the Crusaders match day um, twenty three for the Super Rugby final last year, but is yet to be capped by the Crusaders, and that's George Bell, and he was on the reserves bench last year because Brodie McAllister got injured in, in I think in the semi final and, and and was out, and Bell had broken his ankle uh, in the preseason in January. And he, he's a superb young talent, this this young hooker. And, and he's he's a guy whose name, I, I put a ring around him as, as being somebody who I think we're going to see a little bit more of over the next two, three, four years. Mm, very interesting. Well, mark his name down. Now, Brian, as a sports fan, as a sports lover, as a Cantabrian, did you get along uh, with the 12,000 others at uh, in Christchurch over the weekend for the preseason game? No, no, I didn't. Um, I've sort of been uh, a little bit tied up with a few sort of sporting interests of my own and, and covering a bit of multi-sport as well, um, coast to coast and so on. So I had a weekend a little bit closer to home and uh, trying to sort of catch up and, and, and get myself up to speed in a, a couple of areas for some events that I've got coming up. So uh, so, so no, I, I didn't. Um, and unfortunately, can't be everywhere. Did you compete in the coast to coast again this year? No, no, no. I was there covering it. Um, I, I, was, I was doing a bit of radio work for that, something that we've done for sort of many years in a row. Awesome racing. Wow. Um, fast racing because the conditions were um, unusually at the competitors' backs. It's more often than not the back half of the race they're pounding into horrible easterly headwinds. But uh, it was the dead opposite this time, which made for very, very fast um, days out for the likes of Hamish Elliott, the men's winner, and Simone mm. Meyer winning her fifth women's title. Beaver's got some events uh, that he's looking forward to. He's going to, uh, well, he's into running now. Um, what's yours? What are your multi-sport <laughs> events that, that uh, you are training up for? Uh, at the moment, it's all about the bike. At the moment, I broke my big toe in the middle of last year. It was a sporting injury. Uh, I was getting off the couch to get a beer while I was watching the Tour de France, and uh, I, I tripped and broke my big toe. But no, it's all I've got. The race coming up. I'm, I'm going to Europe to do a bit of um, cycling in the uh, French and Italian Alps in the middle of the year, and then uh, uh, got a five passes to later in the year. So back into triathlon next season. But it's at the moment, it's all about the bike. How cool! Are you following the Tour de France route or something like that? Oh, doing a lot of the. Um, uh, traditional sort of famous climbs, the likes of you know El Tuiz, um, uh, Stelvio, and which is in the Giro d'Italia, and, and and the like. So all the sort of famous alpine routes. Yeah, it's it's with Kiwi style bike tours, and uh, there's a lot of sort of tour groups go over there, and, and and sort of weekend warriors like me sort of go out and pretend that they're half decent on a bike, you know. But it's 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 kind of good to be able to you know after years of watching all those wonderful routes, mm. you know, just to be able to sort of go out and, and, and have a go on them and enjoy the scenery. I went over there about 11 years ago and I certainly wasn't brave enough to get on the bike and, and attempt them now, but um, I'm getting older and sillier, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. What an amazing experience that's going to be. Uh, Beavers, uh, 
what, trying to lose about 10 kilos to get down to the 90s for his running. If you wanted the bike experience in the Alps, Beef, you'd probably have to drop about 50 kgs to get on the bike and, <laughs> and get your rig up those hills. <laughs> well, I think the one, yeah. well, Beef, you, you know it. The, the, I'm running, there's no, you can't beat, you just can't beat running for losing weight. It's better than the bike. It's better than anything. And you shed the kilos really quick when you're, when you're pounding the street. So, yeah, good luck to you. Thanks, Brian. I, I must be doing something wrong because it's just not going anywhere at the moment, but uh, we'll get there. It's the, the pies uh, and the beer. That's, that's, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. There is, there is a, a diet issue. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> we all have that. Thank you so much for your time, Brian. Always appreciate having you on the program uh, and enjoy the sport coming up this weekend. Nice to catch up, guys. Take care.